With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the new era. This is the new band. And we're unbreakable. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. We can make him better than he was. Better, stronger, faster. Actually, better, stronger, faster. Is that faster. from Starship Troopers or something? No, it's actually Ooh, the Million Dollar Man. It's Six Million Dollar Man. I know that, that, and I I'm... don't even know what that is. We Britstone do excitement, so this is the best you're going to get. Chris is bringing the noise today, apparently. Speaking of vanilla, it's just I, I don't understand why. I don't think anyone does. I don't think Travis Green understands. Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com and CKNW.com. Here they are, fresh from folding towels, sharpening skates, and washing jock straps. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. C4 Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Matt Lee with you here in studio, joined by Anna Forsyth. You can follow us at MattLee underscore 61 and at a Forsyth 3 not sitting in the studio right now. Chris Golden at Light Force. That's with a Y. Adam Ovenel Carter at Adam Adam FOC. That's with an F. Uh, neither of them in studio for this one, Anna. But how are you doing on this very hot Monday evening? Yeah, I, I'm definitely warm. I don't think Adam and Chris could fit in here. We're in the small, the smallest of hot boxes. What is it like? I think it's about six feet wide by three feet so we're talking yeah. about 18 square feet of it's about the size of a J- japanese condo yeah i was gonna say how much would we have to pay for this if it was this is primo real estate in vancouver yeah right here. we're in the right in the middle of downtown i'm surprised the vancouver public library shout out to the vancouver public library has not charged two thousand dollars for the studio for someone to sleep in part-time yeah uh, so we got a lot to talk about, Anna. It's been two weeks since our last episode. Uh, we can talk about Michael Furlan joining the Vancouver Canucks. He on a three-year contract. Three? Four. 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 Yeah, that was just wishful thinking. Yeah, there. four years at three point five million. Thank you. Good math. This is. I was told there'd be no math. 
Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Brock Besser continuing to be unsigned, and maybe like maybe a, a retrospect. Like we're almost halfway through the off season, we'll look around the rest of the Western Conference, see where the Vancouver Canucks' recent moves sort of stack up against the other playoff teams. So a lot of that to get into. Um, before we do that, though, um, you know we we last episode, I know uh, we I, I made a joke about Adam Ovino Carter, of course. Uh, you, you you can go back and listen to it if you want, and I, I know for some people that was not received very well. And it was you know in what? poor taste. Well, very poor taste. And uh, you know, I reached out to Adam personally to apologize. I reached out to those listeners who contacted us as well to apologize. And you know, for everyone else who does listen, uh, of course, uh, very poor taste of joke. Um, Adam knows how close I am with him. He's a very good friend of mine, one of my closest friends. So, of course, I didn't mean any of the things I said, but, uh, of course, I do apologize to the people who uh, may have been offended by that. Um, next time, maybe we'll I'll have Anna and Chris, like, just take the mic away from me if they see that I'm going into a place that I probably should yeah, not be. Yeah, rugby tackle you next time. Yes. Uh, so, again, thank you for sticking with us, though. Uh, happy to address that right off the hop and apologize to our listeners for that episode. Um, but going forward, of course, we do expect the, the professionalism to remain constant yeah, as we I go mean, through we the rest of the off season. I mean, we love a bit of banter, but we'll... But sometimes we get... Sometimes you got to rein in the horse. And yeah, yes. that was one time when the horse yes. got out of the, the stable a little bit too much there. So uh, I do apologize for that. But uh, of course, Anna, lots to get into for today's episode. Very quickly, though, how are you coping in this heat? I need to know. What is your secret? I mean... I think it gets hot in London, doesn't it? It does. Um, It's really hot today. It's like 35 degrees in London. I feel like so... Sunday was hot as well here in Vancouver. Yeah. Like, yesterday was hotter than today. Yes, and there was no breeze yesterday. Like I live pretty close to the ocean, like a five-minute walk from the beach, and it was just completely still. So, yeah, it was rather warm yesterday, and I was in a... um small apartment hosted by the are you in a basement suite um i am so my apartment's quite cold but i was in annalise's place loyal listener to the show annalise and so we yeah we were quite warm in there but we had a good time um i am not meant for heat i mean you can look at my skin here i don't tan i don't do anything i just burn i'm yeah i uh i tan like crazy Oh, is actually, that what, is that your skin um, tone tanned? I'm pretty sure I actually wore this outfit yesterday too. So apologize to you for wearing day old clothing here oh on the God. hottest <laughs> days of summer. And let me tell you, listeners, it is tight. He is it in is cycling tight. gear. It is. It is cycling gear. It's cycling shorts. It's a beater. It, it is hot, as uh, hot as H E double L hockey sticks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is hot, and uh, love to hear how you guys keep cool in the hot weather because any tips would be appreciated. Uh, we're not here to talk about hot weather, so let's get right into it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Anna Forsyth, uh, a couple weeks ago, I feel like it was now, uh, blindsided, if you will, by the news that uh, the Vancouver Canucks all of a sudden closing in on a four-year contract with Michael Furland. Um, I got the news. I feel like it was around two Thursdays ago now or something like that. It was midweek. 
Um, maybe the day yeah, after our, one of our most recent it episodes. A, it was a slow time. We kind of just minding our own business. Things would be wrapped up or. Um, I'll, I'll walk you through how I sort of found out. Okay, I mean, sure. I, I still subscribe to tweets from Elliot Friedman, Rick Dollywall, like a lot of those oh, insiders. Yeah. Um, cause I was doing They're that in, in the days leading up to July 1st. Is, yeah. And admittedly, I forgot to take them off of notifications mm. because we're entering those dog days of summer. I have Bob McKenzie tweeting about his cabin in the woods <laughs> and all that stuff. And margaritas. Maybe? So I, I forgot to turn off Elliot Friedman's and I saw his tweet saying that the Canucks were closing in on a contract with Michael Furlan, something along those lines. I was pretty surprised, I'm not going to lie, because the Canucks brought in Tyler Myers, they brought in Jordy Ben, um, who else did they bring in, a, in out of free agency? Uh, I mean, Oscar Fantenberg, yeah. we had already sort of penciled in players for the forward position for the Vancouver Canucks, we already know the forward situation, so it was out of left field for me when I see that the Vancouver Canucks were suddenly interested in Michael Furland. I mean, we've talked about Michael Furland as a player before, and there's been rumours of interest in him for a while. Um, he, we've talked about him as the typical Jim Bedding player, the typical meat and potatoes player, like completely what Jim loves in a player. But when they made the other off-season signings, we just thought that they weren't going to go after Furland. So to commit that amount of money and town to him, that was, yeah, a little disappointing for sure. So four years, you're not happy with the, the amount of term. Was it a year too long? Yeah, it's only in the, like, the context, the contract in isolation is decent. Like, um, he's, you know, his production is good. Um, he's coming off some good seasons. Two 40-point-plus seasons. Yes, yep. so that's impressive, but it's only in the context of the other contracts we signed and it being the last one in the door that makes you uncomfortable when the cap we're kind of looking at now. I mean, we'll get back to Michael Furlan, the player, in a second. But looking just back at that contract, four years, do you have as much of a problem if it's three? No. But I, like well, for me, the, the salary is not three. a the salary is not a problem for me on Furlan. Actually, if it was three and a half over three years, I'm actually pretty happy with that. It feels like Jim Benning may have given one year too much, and we have. I don't know if there's a running joke, but Benning with, with Jay Beagle and with Louis Erickson, like the, the contracts that he has given out, it seems like the quote-unquote weakness for Jim is that he gives that extra year to players to incentivize yeah, them, just like how Mike Gillis was giving out no trade clauses and no move clauses to get players to br- yeah. come in here. And sometimes Jim's doing both. Uh, and sometimes he does both, of course, but uh, like... Sure, you don't love that fourth year. I mean, Furland plays such an aggressive style that that fourth year feels like a bit of a roll of the dice. Yeah. It's not ideal, but I like Furland at four years, for example, better than I like Tyler Myers on five. Okay, sure. Um, I guess the problem is we signed Tyler Myers first. Yeah. So, you know, once Tyler Myers was done, I didn't see why we're committing more money when we're in this cap squeeze situation and we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, fair enough. Like, we were just talking at the beginning of the season about weaponizing the cap space and here we are sitting with the cap space problem. It's just... Just the work of Jim Benning in such a short time astonishes me. So, getting back to Michael Furlan, the player, and we prefaced it by saying... Did I say... Did I use it in the right context? Yeah. Good nice. Um, two straight 40-point seasons. I feel like there's a bit of an asterisk here with Michael Furlan. Like, those two 40-point seasons have come with him playing with some high-profile yes, talent yes. in Calgary and Carolina. 
you know, Johnny Goodrow, Sean Monaghan, and most recently Sebastian Ajo. Looking at Furlan the player, is it safe to say at this point he will be given every opportunity to start and stick in the top six on a perhaps Pedersen or Horvat line? I think you kind of have to once you kind of bet on him doing that by giving him the contract you do. Um, like you've got to say that you're investing in him. And I think it does speak to their concerns over Sven Bacci, maybe like continuing to perform a top six role um, and maybe continuing to perform any role mm-hmm. in the league. Um, hate to say that, but it's a possibility. But yeah, if you get a player like Michael Farland, Although we rag on Jim Benning, like he has good scouts and he's he will have done his research. There's no way he's gonna bury him in a like on a third line role with um talent that doesn't help him produce. Right. So is the Furlan signing in your mind, getting back to it, more about concerns about Sven Berchi, or do they just truly believe Furlan is a top six player? I mean, I'm sure it's both, but mm-hmm. um you look at the lineup we currently have and something's got to give, right? Mm. We can't keep all the players we have. And you're looking at players like Pearson and Berchi and, um, yeah, and obviously in the decoy, you're looking at Tanev to be possible trade bait. And then there's the problem of Louis Erickson, which is a whole other issue. Um, but... Yeah, something has to give. And obviously they're putting penciling in Ferlin for a top six role. So something, yeah, something, someone has to move out of that top six. So. And probably out of the team as well. Um, You know, mid-July right now, Anna. And let's give me like a, give me a way too soon look at what you think the top nine for the Vancouver Canucks looks at. And, and let me preface this by saying Cap Friendly actually has Ferlin listed as both, both a left winger and a right winger. So he, there is the possibility he can play both wings. Right. Um, give me what your top nine looks like right now, mid-July. Um, I think we're looking at Bessa, PD, Miller? Miller. Yeah. Yeah, Miller one. on the left wing, Bessa on the right, and yeah. Patterson up the middle. Um, obviously, Bo centering that second line um, with Fernand and... I feel like Pearson gets bumped, don't you? I mean, it really so, depends. So, so, so hang yeah, on here. If we keep Furlan, though, yeah, I mean, let's let's, soon, let's imagine yeah. though that Furlan can play on the right wing. Okay, but just because the the depth at right wing is not great, like after <laughs> Furlan on the right wing, you could go back to Louis Erickson if you really wanted to go there, and we'll talk about Erickson yeah. in a little bit. Um, or you could go with Tyler Mott or Jake Vertanen on the right wing. I mean, it, it's slim pickings for that second line right winger role. I mean, yeah, so I, I'm sure that there will be a training camp battle for it. But looking at it at a glance right now, following the money, Furlan should get a first look at that second line right wing spot yeah. if all things are considered. Sure. So then it does come down to Tanner Pearson versus Sven Berchi for that left wing role on the second line. Yeah. So it really depends on. How bad she pulls up. And and to answer your question, like, we can't dismiss how good Tanner Pearson did look on the left wing oh, with yeah. Horvat down and the stretch. And it was a shorter, um, it was a shorter time period, but I still think, yeah, it's definitely worth a shot, but it's, yeah, all depends on 
Actually. Um, I, I mean, s- it, I, who would you be putting down? If I had to pick between Pearson and Berchi on a line with Horvat and Furlan, I think I would rather honestly go with Tanner Pearson. And the thing is, yeah, he hasn't looked good since he came back. But is that will the offseason give? Him you know what? Time it's not recover? that he's looked good though. But like, even in the games Berchi has played, he's kind of. It is what it is with Sven Berchi. Like, it, can you see him at his best being anything more than like a twenty goal, twenty assist kind of guy? Yeah, and I guess you kind Where's of want to bet on your future with the Canucks. And and like, the thing with Tanner Pearson is he's not that far removed from a very successful career with the LA Kings. Like, at one point, Pearson was a proven forty point guy. Like he had yeah. Two 40-point seasons under his belt, one of those being a 24-goal season. Right. And obviously didn't go well in Pittsburgh. And but. look at what Sven Berchi has to his name right now. Like, Berchi has yet to stay healthy for the full course of a yeah. season, letting alone putting together 20-goal seasons. Yeah, he's had He's never cracked bad 20. Bad luck. He's never cracked more than 35 points. And Berchi has been given a lot of opportunities to succeed in a scoring role. He has, and I, I just, it's not necessarily he hasn't made the most of his opportunities, but he's had terrible luck with injuries, with his foot, with concussion, all of this, and yeah. And, but, like, the big elephant in the room is there's a lot of pressure for this team to make the playoffs, Anna, and you got to go with the player that will give you the best chance to succeed, and if I'm looking at them on paper, Tanner Pearson does look a little bit more qualified to be on that second-line wing with Horvat more so than Berchi. I think I have to agree because not only does he give us the best shot for the playoffs, you think of him even outside that as a better bet for our future, right? Rather than Sven Berchi. So um, even if you're looking at two years' time for the playoffs, as I think is more realistic, um, yeah, Sven Berchi don't think is the guy that's going to get us there necessarily. A lot of sort of still speculation and things yet to be determined and we'll get into the rest of the roster and how it looks coming up in just a little bit um before we go to a break let's talk about this trade that had nothing to do with the vancouver canucks and it happened last week anna between the edmonton oilers and the calgary flames bit of a bomb if you will like a i can't remember who dropped who dropped it, it was uh sportsnet I, um it, yeah it was uh Porter out of Calgary, whose name I uh, Jim Matheson actually wasn't it? Was it Jim Matheson? I think so. Mm, yeah, I can't remember. Okay. Anyway, Either it way, was someone out of- Milan Lucic for James Neal, a conditional pick being involved, and I believe the Calgary Flames are also, or the Edmonton, who's retaining salary again in this case? It would be the Edmonton Oilers retaining yes. some salary on Lucic. Which was like, what was it? Less than a million? 925,000 or something yeah. to that effect? Um, I'll we double really check on that. We this before. No, we you know what? Air. No, we, we, we always a... hustle, but we never sort of fully repair. Um, while I look it up and confirm yeah, the numbers, confirm what, is, what is your first, your first reaction, well? though, to the deal? Um, my first reaction to the deal is what are the Oilers, like, what is Calgary doing? Like, um, I know it's bad contract for bad contract, but. I think it's, for me, it's such a huge thing that James Neal doesn't have those no movement clauses. And um, does it switch next year, I think, the conditions on Lucic's? Well, no. I mean, the Calgary Flames are going to honor Lucic's no movement clause. Yes, so he'll have to be protected Yeah, but it switches, um, I think, the conditions switch either next year or the year after. Um, 
I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I think it's such a huge deal that James Neal isn't, like, strapped by that. I I really don't understand. I know, I just don't think it's worth it to just sort of see what you have in James Neal, like, and see what you have in Milan Lucic. Like, I don't think it's going to change. Milan Lucic isn't going to have a huge resurgence just by moving... Well, like, I mean, slightly further north, is I, he? Like, I, I remember when Lucic signed with the Edmonton Oilers, and I think he was asked, like, why you signed, and he, he pointed to Connor McDavid saying, like, 97. And I think everyone thought at the time Lucic would be this offensive force riding shotgun with Connor McDavid, and it never worked out. Three years removed from that deal, what is really going to change at this point? Milan Lucic is three years older. Is playing with high-profile talent going to boost his numbers back up to what they were before? Probably yeah. not. That's the thing. Um, I think Edmonton Oilers are a great showcase organization in the fact that a few talented players does not make an organization. Um, and me, I do agree that like Calgary is a better-run organization in general than Edmonton because it can't be worse. But I don't think that's going to completely change like the player Lucic is or reverse the effects of aging yeah uh by the way going back to the deal itself the edmonton Oilers retaining 12.5 percent of lucic's remaining contract and that conditional third round pick did you see the conditions on this thing so it's something like james neal has to score 10 goals less james neal has to record at least 21 goals and lucic scores at least 10 fewer goals than neal for the oilers to send a third round pick to the calgary flames that's great I did that in fantasy hockey pools all the time. I mean, it's bizarre. Those are performance-based conditions, Anna. Yeah. Can we do? And we'll we'll talk about this. Could we? What would be your condition for a Louis Erickson trade? Performance-based conditions. We'll talk about that. I'll let you let simmer on that one. Um, but the Edmonton Oilers—they win this trade in the landslide, do they not? Yeah. Like getting Milan Lucic off the books at like twelve point five percent retained is a huge win. And while James Neal's contract also sucks, I feel like he has a better chance at turning it around than Milan Lucic does. Yeah, I think. But even if he didn't, that the lack of a no movement clause or no trade clause yeah. is great. So and he's cheaper, so not a ton cheaper, but cheaper. Um, Rick Dollywall, I think, followed up with Milan Lucic after this deal and asked if he had ever been asked or been considered to ask waiving his no trade clause for a move or no movement clause for a move to Vancouver. Lucic says he was never approached about anything like that. So it sounds like all that smoke about Lucic coming to Vancouver was really just speculation at this point. Having looked at this deal and considering the fact that Louis Erickson is still a Vancouver Canuck, do you think a Lucic for Erickson deal would have worked at all for Vancouver? I mean, I wasn't interested in it just because it hamstrung us for another year. Mm-hmm. So, and I again, I don't think Lucic's performance changes a great deal. Um, him coming here. Um, it's possible that um, it never got to Lucic, but maybe mm-hmm. it went to the Oilers and they said no. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why they would, but I would just take a player that has a year less on his contract, but... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be interested in that, so I'm not necessarily unhappy that that deal, if there ever was an idea of a deal, fell through. 
Do you think that, like, bias aside, which player would you rather have on your team, Erickson or James Neal? So are we ignoring contracts? Ignoring contracts, just like who is the better player of the two? Probably James Neal. I think so too. But I don't think it's a huge difference. We James Neal has definitely fallen off a cliff compared to the player. You could argue James Neal's contract might actually be worse than Ericsson's at this point. Like Ericsson's is one year less than Neal's, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but again, the lack of the no women, no trade clause. Ericsson's is definitely worse. Because of the fact that he has the no yeah. trade clause at this point. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Um, last thoughts on the Lucic and James Neal trade. I mean, Ken Holland, good move. Good first move. Like, it was a move that they had to make to get Lucic off the books. Um, I'm still really curious what the Oilers do with Yessi Um yeah, That seems to big, be the next like, elephant in the room, so to speak. Big problem child of the Oilers. Um. But the Calgary Flames, I, I just I can't see Lucic working out as a valid trade that will be in their favor. Like this felt like a lose lose trade in some aspects. Yeah, I mean it'll be really interesting to see um how Calgary does next year. They obviously had a great season last year. I'm not saying like Lucic like drives them off the tracks necessarily. I just don't see him massively helping out there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, We'll take a bit of a break, and when we come back, we'll get into uh, the rest of what we've got going on, and that's, you know, looking at the Vancouver Canucks RFA situation, Brock Besser still unsigned, uh, and the rest of the roster as we uh, head towards, what is it, the last half of the offseason. All coming up next here on the C4 Podcast, CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And he liked to say the F word. Oh, then get the f*** here then. Okay, see ya. F*** off. He's going to have the F word on it. I wish I could give you a explanation about it. I can't. You, 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 you. out of here. You called me the F word. So, Anna, it's uh, July 22nd, and we're sitting here today, and really across the NHL, there are a lot of high-profile restricted free agents who have yet to sign contracts. We saw with Sebastian Ajo, he got an offer sheet. Miko Rantanen, Mitch Marner, Brock Besser, those are the three most notable, I would say, RFAs that are without a contract. I'm, I'm missing some more, actually, though. Um, I'm sure we'll come up against Well, I'll, I'll look it up, on. but like the point still stands that Brock Besser is still without a contract. Did you think we'd be here in late July, if you will, thinking that Brock Besser was still unsigned? Um, I definitely hope we wouldn't be. Um, but with this organization, this management team, getting the deals done hasn't been their strong point um i'm not huge i am i'm obviously concerned because of the cap situation i do think brock Besser wants to be here and um all being well and if entirely possible he would 
he will just put pen to paper as soon as possible, but I'm sure they're bumping up against, you know, the money they have to play with, and I think term is a big deal for his camp. Here's my conspiracy theory on Brock Besser and all the RFAs. I'm willing to bet, and I, I actually don't know who is being represented by which agents here, but part of me wants to know if the RFAs that are here, Biko Rantanen, Besser, Marner, I wonder if they've all sort of made a pact, if you will, to say, hold out as long as possible to see if there will be a team out there that throws them ridiculous money on an offer sheet like they did with Sebastian Ajo, just to maximize what everybody in that RFA pool gets. Um, I think that's tinfoil hat time. Maybe tinfoil hat time, but I, I, I think that there is... If if you're talking about owner conspiracies, I'd be way not more Not owner, like these are player I know, conspiracies. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't think that happens. I'm sure that's against some kind of code of conduct if it was ever proven. Um, I'm sure that, yeah, amounts to con- collusion or something. Um... No, I think they're just... I'm not saying, like, Jim is just trying his best to get it done and they'll eventually get it done. I just think they're hitting up against some pretty obvious obstacles. Is it that the like the RFAs are waiting for the Mitch Marner domino to fall? Like, they, they're waiting on Mitch Marner's contract to get worked out because that's going to sort of set the bar, if you will, for the rest of them? I mean, I'm, that's probably the more likely scenario in my mind. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're, like, specifically doing that, but it will definitely... I do think you're right in the fact that Mitch Marner's next contract will definitely show the level we're looking at first, keeping your star players. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it's all tinfoil hat, if you will, and I admit that I mean, it's kind of crazy, but... We've got to make our own entertainment here, Matt. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um... Yeah, I just, I think by now I thought that this contract situation with Brock Besser was going to be resolved. Um, you know, he, he's already skating. He's playing in the beauty league at this point. Um, like, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to no. get an offer sheet. It, it just seems like inevitably Brock Besser will get the contract done. It's just the question of term and money. What well, I know we've talked about this before, but... If term is the snagging point for Bess's camp, what term would you be happy to agree to in order for him to put pen to paper? If I'm the Vancouver Canucks, I want at least five years on Besser. Just to eat up some of those free agency years. Would you agree to four? I think four would take him directly to free agency as well. They don't want to do that. I know that. Um. Like, even if the Canucks are getting just one of them. Braden Point, by the way, is the other high-profile RFA. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just want to eat up at least one or two of those years. So, it's like a five- or six-year deal is fine by me. Okay. I, I do think I don't see Bessa signing for more than five. I'd like to tie him down for more than five, but I don't see it. Yeah, I. you're probably right. Matthew Kachuk also unsigned. There are a lot of RFAs out there that are still not signed. Yeah. Um, I know one theory we're talking about was waiting for... Charlie McAvoy also not signed. Louis Erickson's bonus to be paid out so that we could explore trade options. Oh God, and Kyle then... Connor and Patrick Laine also unsigned. There are a lot of high-profile players who have still not signed contracts. A lot of those are sort of inevitable. 
they'll just it's just how big are we going um yeah but it's been a week since ericsson's bonus got paid out we haven't had any yeah by the way about thought, trade rumors. i thought that was getting done i thought it was like here's your bonus and here's Peace. your trade as yeah. well uh but no it did not happen so um and then yeah just going focusing on the canucks there's still a lot of kind of guys on the jag end of things that are kind of eating up cap space and you're just like yeah yeah can we yeah ship one of them out with louis probably not and we'll get to louis erickson uh we'll take a break first and then we'll get right back into the louis erickson discussion right here on the c4 podcast canuckshockeyblog.com Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take hitting out of the game. You Un- can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on that. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? And that because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder <laughs> Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty of heat and play. He's going to get a lot of power play time. And yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200 point players, and we've got to find a way to score. So, Louis Erickson is still a Vancouver Canuck, somehow, some yeah, way. As we record, he's still a Vancouver Canuck. At this point, Anna, are you beginning to believe that there is a chance Louis Erickson starts the season with the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah. Because um, we had his agent saying, I believe right before we recorded our previous episode, Mm -hmm. that it's, you know, it's no longer a good environment for Louis Erickson to continue playing in Vancouver. Yep. And then he's since said that they're in ongoing discussions about, like, the best way forward. And it just seems like they're setting up for just being like, oh, just bring Like a kiss and make up kind yeah. of a situation. It's re- it makes me really mad to say that because of, yeah, the situation we're in. But I, I think my guess what happened was I think management thought to themselves it was going to be a lot easier to get rid of Louis Erickson than it actually was. I think management thought to themselves, there's got to be a taker for a very still serviceable Louis Erickson. Maybe we'll consider retaining some salary. And there just was not the market out there that they had expected. And now we've reached this point, mid-July now, where teams have made their moves. We've seen the Lucic and Neil shoes drop. Teams are starting to formulate what their final rosters are going to look like. And they're telling Vancouver... There's just not a spot for a $6 million man on a roster. Yeah, that's the thing. At the beginning of the summer, as we said previously, we were looking at um, a situation where we had this cap space and we thought, okay, we need to get rid of a bad contract, but we do have some weapons in our armory to do that. And now we signed... (laughs) Yeah, we signed all these free agents. We did, like, 
Tyler Mara's, yes, it wasn't as bad as we thought, but it wasn't great. Like, Geordie Ben, whatever, that's yeah. fine. Um, and Michael Ferland as well are the big names there. So now we're at a situ- looking at a situation where we've still got Louis and we don't have any weapons in our armory to make um, he seem like a good deal to someone. At this point for Jim Benning, strategically speaking, is the plan B here? Well, first, the plan A is to find a traitor right, for for Jim for uh, Louis Erickson. I think the ultimate plan B, and it's much more much less palatable, is burying Louis Erickson in Utica. Yeah, and I don't see him playing in Utica. Oh, I can't see Louis Erickson playing in Utica, Utica why, either. Why would he like? But even from the Vancouver Canucks perspective, why do you even make that move? Because you're only saving $1 million in cap space. It's more about the roster space that you're opening. Exactly. Um, Like, that is the, like, emergency button that they press if they're, like, a day out from the NHL season starting and there's still no trade in place for Louis Erickson. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the fact that we can still see that emergency button being hit really speaks to the lack of planning because we can talk about this summer being a missed opportunity so far in getting a trade for Louis Erickson but they signed him to the deal in the first place is the problem Mm. and I with every day that goes by I can't resent Louis Erickson like he doesn't want to go to a bad team we can't blame him for that he got the contract he did and management was dumb enough to give it to him Uh, I mean all this said I still think that there are some teams out there that might be able to both stomach a Louis Erickson cap hit and find him serviceable. Yeah, like I think so. The Ottawa Senators, they're still in a hurry to get to the cap floor. Um, the Arizona Coyotes have some space, and they've suddenly started taking on some contracts and spending more money. There are maybe less than a half dozen teams, I'd say, that could still be in the mix, quote-unquote, for Louis Erickson. But realistically speaking, I'd say it's a 50-50 shot at best that the Canucks find a way to get Louis Erickson off their roster. Isn't that that just really sad? That's depressing thought. And I hope we're wrong. I've never wished more to be, like, trumped by a news cycle. Like, I hope by the time we publish this episode, Mm -hmm. there's a rumor, there's something. But right now, it's not looking good. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm I'm hoping that I'll be back on next uh, next next Monday's episode with uh, Chris Golden saying peace be with you, Louis Erickson. But uh, at this point, I just can't see that being the case at this point. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this a little bit off the top of the show, and when we'll transition here, free or the off season, almost half over at this point. You've had a chance to sort of see what other teams in the West have sort of done. The Dallas Stars making waves. They signed Joe Pavelski. Uh, the San Jose Sharks finding a way to keep and retain Eric Carlson over the offseason. The Colorado Avalanche, they've made some moves. It looks like Kale McCarr will start their, the season in Colorado as well. Like Minnesota Wild, like they're sort of still in it as well. But if you look at what the Canucks have done and stack it up against the rest of the West, are the Canucks a playoff contender right now in mid-July? I think they look better. Not a ton better, but they do look like a better team. We talked a lot about the decor. Can't we can't come back the same way? And Tyler Myers, while I don't think it's worth the investment we made, he is. I think he does improve. 
it. Um, I think Geordie Ben um, does improve the team. I don't th- think we look like a massively different team. So I think, if anything, we're just an- closer to the bubble. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't know if that's a too glass half empty well, way of looking at things. That's a pretty murky way of looking at it. Yeah, I know. And we've got the two. Yeah. The Canucks are no doubt a better team this year in the offseason than they were at this point last year in the offseason. But are they better enough to make the playoffs is the big question. And I think that they are, and I'll agree with you, that they're on that bubble. Yeah. But they need a little bit of luck to and some things to break right for them to actually get into the playoffs in my mind. Yeah, I think so. Because if you, yeah, you're talking about the people that have improved their team. Um San Jose definitely have. I know they're not necessarily who the people we will be battling out um, a playoff spot for. They're probably higher up there. Um, Colorado looked really good. I think I'm going to enjoy watching them this year again. Um, yeah, I just think it's we've like we dropped down a spot in the lottery, right? So mm-hmm. we really weren't that close to the playoffs, like. We finished ninth from bottom. Yeah. Like, that's still a little jump. It's not as bad as the previous year, but it's still a little jump to make the playoffs. And I think we've made a small jump, but I don't know if it's big enough. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, looking at the teams that did not make the postseason last year, like the Minnesota Wild did not make the playoffs, and Colorado and I believe it was Dallas were the wild card teams. Yeah. Yeah. Was I think that's what it was. Like Dallas beat Nashville in the first round, was that what it was? Yeah. And Colorado beat Calgary. So Colorado and Dallas were the two wild card teams. I don't think the Canucks have improved enough to supplant those two. No, exactly. I mean, talk about Colorado and Dallas really have looked have made a significant jump. I would in the say that season. Colorado and Dallas have found a way to either remain the same or improve their teams. I would say yeah, big improvement. In terms of teams that you could see that were in the top three in their division and could be candidates to regress, are there any teams out there that you think Calgary? could take a step back? Calgary, maybe. But is it enough to fall out of the top three in the That's Pacific? I don't know. I mean, I just don't think they're going to win the Pacific. But I think Calgary does regress a little bit, but not enough to fall out of the top three in the Pacific. Mm. Um, also, Calgary, it was Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas in the top three in the Pacific. And of those three, three, three teams, actually I could see Vegas maybe taking a bit of a step back. Yeah. But I, again, is it enough like to completely fall out of the top three slash like wildcard spot? Like they've still got, like they've still got much. So who's I think really phenomenal player, but has Vegas gotten got... better over the off season though? They re-signed Billy Carlson, didn't they? They signed William Carlson, and they've got Mark Stone under contract yeah. for, like, the next 100 so, years. But, yeah, although, yeah, he did play. But those are all players season. that they had with them going yeah. into the playoffs. Yep. Um, I don't think they've taken a significant stride forward. Um, like, it might be even the same size of step as the Canucks, yep. but they were in a much better position than the Canucks were. Let me ask you this one, then. I think this is a more realistic um, regression candidate. The Winnipeg Jets. They traded away Jacob Truba for that first round pick, which they obviously are is good for them long term. Right. But the Winnipeg Jets 
they have not got Patrick Lane and Kyle Connor signed, so we don't know what's going to happen there. Let's assume that they bring them both back somehow. Yeah. Even though they're facing a bit of a cap crunch. Like, the Winnipeg Jets are kind of in the same boat as the Vegas Golden Knights. They didn't really improve their team over the offseason. No, I would agree with that. Um... So if there is a window of opportunity for the Canucks to make the playoffs, it could be at the expense of either Winnipeg or Vegas, but I don't think it's going to be at the expense of Colorado at this point and probably not Dallas either. Yeah. So the Canucks are going to essentially have to get luck, some help from around the West and improve by that much more to make the playoffs. Like if I were to too many ifs, right? There are a lot of ifs. And if honestly, if I were to just like throw a number out there in terms of percentage of actually making the playoffs, I would say it's sub 50%, yep. but better than like 25%. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like a one in three, one in four shot, yeah, I was somewhere like around there. It's around 30, 35% maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, 30% which, is good. But it, it's it's kind of scary though that we're putting all our eggs in that basket because again, again, that first round pick for Tampa Bay looms large here. Oh God, it, it, I forgot about that for a hot second. It's just a little scary that we're putting all our eggs in that one basket, and then if we miss the playoffs, that first-round pick goes to Tampa Bay most definitely for 2021. And at that point, I am hoping, praying, that this team has gotten better enough that they will not miss the playoffs and will not be giving up a lottery pick in 2021. But it, it's it's a little dicey. It's dicey, right? Honestly, That's... from a, from a best-case long-term situation... I'm hoping that somehow the Canucks just bottom out this one year, they keep their own first-round pick, and they're leaps and bounds better for the season after. Right, but how does ownership look at that? Not good. It'll <laughs> probably come at the cost, at the expense of Jim Benning's job. but Which isn't necessarily the end of the world, but for all yeah. the reasons for Jim Benning to lose his job, like that seems crazy. But. Yeah. Uh, some random bits and bobs here as we wrap things up here on the C4 Podcast, Anna. I'm not sure if you saw on Instagram. But Bo Horvat is officially off the market. He is. Bless him. He got married at the weekend. Um, one of his He gr- brought Dallas Smith in to sing at his wedding. Do you know Dallas Smith? Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. But. Great country singer. Yeah. I think he's a Canadian boy, big Vancouver Canucks big fan. Canucks so fan. Horvat probably had to pull a couple strings there. Oh yeah. I'm sure I'm sure Dallas was I saw Sven Berchi in the yeah. Instagram as well, so think, good to see I Sven Berchi's the out there. Groom party, so I think Max Domi, Max Domi. Josh they, Anderson, and Chris Tierney were all yeah, in his Max wedding party. Max Domi and Bo go way back, so I think those London Knights boys—they're pretty close. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. The, the wedding looked awesome. Uh, the dead lead did not get the invite. Oh, like lost in the mail. I said, like maybe you're the bouncer at the wedding, keeping all the riffraff out. I don't know. He is the riffraff. He is the riffraff. <laughs> Sorry. But it's pretty. It was pretty cool seeing it, and uh, hopefully some bigger things in store. Very quickly, Bo Horvat, captaincy this year. Don't yeah. even like question it. I don't question it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, any other random bits and bobs that we have here to wrap up here on the C4 podcast? I mean, the other thing I I do want to tease, and I don't think you'll be here for this one, unfortunately. I know, and it breaks my heart. Uh, next episode is going to be episode 199, so that's going to come out early August which makes the episode after that in that August 20th range, episode number yeah. 200. Well, can you believe we made it this far are you, without are, are killing you in, each other? I think you've been in at least 100 of those now, right? I don't think that can be true. I'd have to look back, but I've been here like two seasons. I don't think I've been here for, uh, well, I know I haven't been here for all 200 because the, the first like 50 or so go back to Clay and Chris. Who's but, that? 
But I think I started around like that episode 20 to 30 range. Maybe I did. Maybe I have been here for half. Uh, by the way, shout out to, uh, I know he still listens to the show because he told me himself, Clay Emo. Oh, yeah. He, uh, we saw him, first of all, in a. he was at a wedding over the weekend with Adam Ovino Carter. Yeah. We saw the selfie. If you want, we'll share it in Discord as well. Uh, they were at a wedding, and then I saw Clay the day after yesterday. Is he stalking us? Like, should I, I be it, expecting him to turn up? Pure coincidence. They were at a wedding together at, I think it was at Swanee Set on Saturday, and then I saw Clay Emo uh, on Sunday because his roller hockey team was playing against my roller hockey team. Did it you was smoke a, him? It was an elimination game. He did not play, by the way. Oh. Just awestruck in fear, I'm sure, of yeah. my elite <laughs> of abilities. Yeah, awesome skills. Uh, and uh, I took a lot of pleasure in eliminating his team nice. from playoff contention. So. Uh, shout out to Clay and his team, the Holy Rollers, who we defeated uh, last night. Of course night. they're called the of Holy Rollers. Of course they're called the Holy Rollers. What's your team called? The Sofa Kings. Good. That's Of course they're called the Sofa Kings, right? Yeah. That's how we keep our PG, rated, PG rating around here. Uh, and as we wrap things up here on the C4 Podcast, how about you tell some people where they can find us? You can find us everywhere these days, right? Yeah. Um, we're on Facebook at C4 Podcast. We're on Twitter at the C4 Podcast. Um, you can also find our pinned tweet there where you can access our Discord, which is where you can get all the fun off-season chat to keep us going. And it's not limited to the Canucks. We do have occasional other banter. This week, me and Trev Goldie were going at it about the cricket. I'm sure no one else was interested, but we had fun. Um, you can also find Discord at bit.ly forward slash C4 podcast, all, all caps. caps. Very good. Question mark? Question. I'm Chris Ron Burgundy. Gonna kill us. <laughs> yeah. Chris is going to kill me. Um, yeah. So just to close things out, I... Uh, I would say, like, the, the line that we should be doing, and I've listened to a few podcasts lately, you can find us where you can download all podcasts. Oh, yeah. Like, Stitcher, that's the best way of putting it. Like, Stitcher, Stitcher Spotify, Spotify iTunes. iTunes, like, they're everywhere. Where all the places you want us, and including some places you don't want us to be. Yes. That's where we are. Uh, so we'll be back in a couple weeks for episode 199. I think it'll be Chris and myself on this one. You were off to the motherland. Yes. Um, I've got to go back and kind of top up my Britishness. So I will be... She's going to come back all London-y again. <laughs> yeah. Fill I... up her London quota for the next season. I was going to say, Matt's going to be using the... You sound like you're from London. Yeah, he's going to be using that a lot. Um, so Good day, I'll... mate. No, no, no. That's Australian, yeah. isn't it? Um, so I'll love you and leave you, listeners, and I'll miss you, but you will. There's some fun stuff coming up, especially for this 200th episode, so. Dingo Baby? No. It's also still Australian, still isn't Australian. it? still Australian. <sighs> yep. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just for me, uh, number one, uh, hoping the Brock Besser contract gets signed. Number two, Louis Erickson trade gets done. And uh, number three, hoping that I don't say anything stupid for the next few weeks while you're gone. Um, one of those three might be too much to ask. Yeah, fair enough. I'll let you speculate as to who's is what. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, on behalf of Anna Forsyth, A Forsyth 3 uh, the absent Chris Golden at Light Force, and the absent Adam Ovenel Carter at Adam FOC, I'm... Merely Matley at Matley underscore 61. Also, a special shout out to uh, Nexus187. He's been listening live on Patreon chat. Make sure you follow us in Discord as well, just like Nexus has. Uh, thank you so much for listening on the C4 podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. With all that said, we're out. Thanks for listening to the C4 podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com.